Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Let's talk about aliens. <laughs> hey, this is Deacon Jeff sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I think it's the first time in like 500 episodes I haven't said, greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I just said, let's talk about aliens. <laughs> well, a flying saucer did just land right outside the cafe. That was not, well, that was because an angry customer threw their cup of coffee. <laughs> It was a flying saucer. But anyway, all kidding aside, Ziggy Rodriguez, you're here. Hey! And Thomas Patrick Dorian has been abducted by aliens, <laughs> interestingly. So that led us to our topic today. And, I, you know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, we're just This is going to be an interesting show because we're just going to kind of let it roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit about aliens, but we're also going to talk about, and I'm talking about extraterrestrials. Yeah. Not any other kind of alien. We're talking about ALF specifically. ALF, exactly. <laughs> yes. I think actually ALF uh, professed to be Catholic. I'm pretty sure. I'd have to look into that and see. Is eating cats a sin? Yes. <laughs> Will, that's another episode. <laughs> So, so, uh, but, but also maybe in a more, uh, uh, I don't know, wider swath, uh, talking about like science and, and the church yes. and, uh, and what the church teaches about science and is, cause the first thing you'll encounter in the public square, if you go into the grocery store and you know, someone's going to like, oh, you Catholics don't believe in science. You science hater. That's right. Exactly right. Y'all <laughs> put Galileo in jail and tortured him and right. all these, you hear all these different things. Yes. And so there, there seems to be a wall of separation between science and faith, between science and specifically the Catholic church. Or in the, in the minds of many who are uninformed about the history of that well, relationship. That's, that's why I'm yeah. saying there seems to be a wall, yeah, yeah. right? Cause in, in actuality, uh, there is no wall. Right. And, and that's what we want to kind of talk about today. So uh, lead us into this topic, oh, great one, <laughs> Ziggy. Ziggy Stardust, by the way. <laughs> well, and, and one thing I also want to say is uh, there's, a, there's a conversation here to be had. Uh, something I've heard Bishop Barron actually say, and I think this is really eloquently stated, is that we have forgotten as a society that there's a, me- a mediating discipline between theology and science, and that's philosophy. Right. Yeah. And that, um, you know, there needs to be philosophy within the province of philosophy. You know, the things that we have that we call the scientific method, they didn't just like come from the ether. Right. I right. mean, these are things that were developed over time by intellectuals within the realm of philosophy. And then eventually they came, they developed this method that, and said like, this is an epistemologically sound. And by that's a fancy word for, this is a good basis for having a successful paradigm of knowledge. Okay. Um, is using the scientific method. Right? Yeah. When you ever, when you ever say something like, and use the word paradigm, oh, and pari- yes, no yeah. one wants to listen to you anymore. I have a paradigms in my yes, pocket. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Means you have 20 cents. So, uh, yeah. So let me just translate a little bit. Bit. You know, there is there is science, and we see that as this sort of like, uh, well, you know, it's facts, it's it's empirical, it's it's things that we can detect, touch, see, feel, right? And and then there's this kind of uh, theology or faith and things that things we believe in that we can't touch, see, and feel all the time, right? Right. And 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 what you're saying is this idea of philosophy really is that sort of bridge that helps you see both of those things really just from a different perspective, but but it's a, a sort of a unifying, like giving meaning. Right to science, 
but also giving uh, facts uh, and empirical uh, reason to to faith. Well, so the, someone like uh, Francis Bacon is a major figure. I love anything Bacon. <laughs> Just be but clear. he's he he's a philosopher who had a huge impact on developing the scientific method, right? And now yeah. science has its own track record of doing a really great job of of uh, you know creating usable knowledge, basically that can describe the universe around us and can be used also for the development of more and more advanced technology, right? And so that's what it is. But there's always changes by the nature of the method. As to what's re- what's accepted as scientific fact, right? I mean, there's and this is when we talk term, use that term paradigm. There are paradigm shifts to where uh, basically the framework, the picture that people have about the world. Yeah, it's uh, that scientists that the scientific community has about the world. Sometimes there is such a huge discovery that happens. That it completely changes everything, you know, right. like the, like Albert Einstein and the theory of relativity being a famous example of that. Yes. Right? like that was a big paradigm shift in the world of science. So it's not like science is just acc- accumulating like facts, and that's all it's doing. And the more facts it has, the more truth we have, and that's the truth machine is science. Right. That you've got this big well of truth that keeps filling up, or, or you know, right. right. No, I, I, I get that, and that makes perfect sense. And I, I think a lot of times we're mistaken in what we assume and what we think, and 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 uh, like about what like what is truth. You yeah. know, you hear expressions all the time like, "Well, that's your truth," right? And it's like, I don't know. By definition, there's only one truth. Right, true, true right. is true. It can't be true and false at the same time. Things like that. Well, and and that's one of the reasons. So, like when we, when Bishop Barron talks about like there, between. Theology and science, there's philosophy. You know, philosophy on both ends, philosophy is the, 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 the story of philosophy is one that had a huge impact on the, how theology was shaped. So, like, let's take, for example, St. Augustine. Guess what? He was a Platonist. He was someone who studied Plato, and the, the works of Plato had a huge impact on how he shaped, on shaping his own Christian theology. Similarly, right, St. Thomas Aquinas, he was a huge, you know, Aristotle. Aristotelian. He was Aristotelian. So he studied a lot of Aristotle. Means he can change color to whatever, <laughs> something like that, I think. Right. Well, so the, the idea is like the, there were philosophical frameworks out there and philosophical schools of thoughts and ideas about what is knowledge and how it should be pursued. And that's called epistemology. And so, and, and there's also stuff like metaphysics, like putting together a picture of the reality hidden behind the reality that we can see and touch and feel with our senses, right? Yeah. These philosophical disciplines, these fancy philosophical disciplines, they impact both the world of theolo- theologians and the world of scientists, yes. right? And so the reason that's important is there are, you know, science, you know, one of the things that we're going to talk about is what are the right boundaries, right? So, like, if science is not this, like, truth machine that just spits out more and more truth, and as long as you keep that truth machine running over time, we're just going to have this, this this accumulation of more and more truth. I've got more truth than you have. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. If that's not what science is, we're going to deal with the question of, like, what is it then, right? Yeah. And then also, what is it not, right? Like, at what point is it going outside the boundaries of what's appropriate to science, uh, and so, uh, you know, what are those boundaries? What do they look like? And then, what is the right province for 
theology, for yeah, example. Yeah, so, and the, I guess I want to contextualize our discussion that we're having right, right now also, because why is this important? I mean, it's it's really always been important from, sure. the, from the foundation of the church. These have been issues uh, that, that the church has discussed on, and you've mentioned uh, going all the way back to Augustine and certainly all the way back to, uh, to, uh, to Aquinas, right. right, who was, uh, you know, a lot, you know, younger than uh, Augustine, right? <laughs> but still, hundreds of years ago for both of those guys. Yeah. Uh, over a thousand years for for Augustine, and 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 when you look at this, you start thinking like, well, why are we still talking about this to this very day? And you think about today's issues and what's going on in the news. Uh, how many times have we heard the phrase "follow the science"? Right, right. And so uh, I follow science. I follow f- uh, the facts. Everything is fact based. And the reality is, if you don't have philosophy, you don't have science. I mean, science is essentially that that. That act of sort of gathering empirical evidence. Sure. Evidence of what? Right. right? And so the philosophy helps us to understand the, 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 the context of, of all these scientific facts. Because you can proof text like in the Bible. Sure. And, and I can show you uh, why we shouldn't call our priests father. Right. Because right, it says, because Jesus says, call no man father. Right. And yet we Catholics do that. But that's proof texting, right? You're using one thing you're taking out of context. We well, can do the same thing with science. So if you follow the science, you're not necessarily going to be in a good place. Right. Well, and, and I would say one, you know, to expand upon sort of what's in the province of science, in terms of, like, on one hand, it's, it's the, it, yes, looking at physical evidence and uh, managing that and how we're measuring it and what we can conclude from it but there's also the realm like for drawing upon like what's the math what sort of mathematical models and systems are appropriate to uh science and uh probability is actually a very important uh mathematical uh discipline for science and and many would be shocked that like within theoretical if you ask a theoretical physicist hey what's the most important uh mathematical you know form of math for theoretical physics now Obviously, theoretical physics draws upon a lot of math, right? But probability is also a huge factor, right? So it's not always just things that people are able to measure. It's also what are we able to infer from a probabilistic perspective as no, well? I, I, I get that, and that makes yeah. perfect sense. And I'm not trying to make this a black and white argument. Like oh, it's, sure, sure, it's sure. either this or that. Unfortunately, most many many I should say most many people do, right? And they, and they make moral decisions based on what is presented to them as a simple fact. Yes. Right? That that someone was born a certain way or that someone, you know, and you start to th- stop and th- or someone feels, you know, uh, and it's like then, then you have multiple truths and that's when we can get lost. That's why I'm saying simply follow the science isn't enough. Right. Right? Yes, we should follow the science, by the way. We should pay attention to what science is saying right Abs- now. There's nothing wrong with following the science. Right, but but it's not just like that's such a limited conversation. It's like it's 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 like having um, uh, a vocabulary of ten words. Right, right. You you're, you can express yourself, but you you're you're kind of limited. Well, so like you brought up aliens at the beginning, and that and so let's, let's talk let's, about <laughs> aliens. <laughs> aliens. So and, and I think that's an important topic. And there's so there's a few things that we can talk about that are really kind of really popular these days in science fiction and in things like the History Channel. You hear about aliens shows like ancient aliens then you have things like um oh uh, let's say the multiverse theory like yeah. they'll make entire you know epics about the multiverse theory with the marvel cinematic universe and stuff like that right and then um somewhere i'm rich 
in some version of the multiverse, I'm rich. Yeah, right. And then, and then you also, of course, have other other areas of science that are, are hot topics, where uh, sort of flashpoints between theology and science, like evolution, right? Um, and so, one of the reasons that like aliens is an important issue is you have right now. There's this this within within the pop culture. There's this mystique around aliens, and you have this this notion that. Well, it's just a fact that there's intelligent life on other planets that are more advanced than we are, uh, and that people are just taking that as a foregone conclusion. Right, because they've seen all the movies. They've seen all the movies, right. And and I joke, but that's really the only place those, and like sci-fi novels, we have gotten this impression that any extraterrestrial life is more advanced than us. Yes. I mean, that's, that's that's the image we get. And yet, we have, just so we're clear... There is zero evidence of any life outside of our Earth. Right. There is zero evidence, and and we're we're looking for any kind of like like ancient like microbial uh, like a, a footprint of a microbe right on, on some rock on Mars or whatever. Did water exist or right? And, and we, we we're looking for these things in hopes because like well we know life is connected to oxygen or or to uh carbon or to uh, H2O right and and so we start to we're looking for these things and and the reality is just so we all know there is there is no evidence i'm not saying right. it doesn't exist because right. i want to make it clear that i kind of think that like god can do anything he's unlimited and and if and if he's he can create another world with human beings right to me i start thinking of the theological Oh, implications sure. of other beings on another planet because they've just recently announced. I think NASA said there's there's some three thousand exoplanets, meaning planets, planets, not just stars, yeah. but planets that are that are around stars that right. are near a star. Which and some have been like they've just announced like four or five or so others. It's like you know life could exist on a place like that. Now again, that's a that's right. a theory. Right. Well, and so but here's the thing. There's a leap that a lot of people aren't paying attention to. Like, there's an assumption that just because there's so like we talked a second ago about probability. Right. So it's a it's a fair probability proposition to say we see life propagating here on Earth and science still hasn't figured out the origin of life. Yeah. Right. Uh, they still struggle with that question. It's one of the great scientific questions. But um even though they still struggle with that, it, it seems like something about the universe is just life-giving, so to speak, yeah. right? And so uh, science it, it, you know, tends to use probability uh, in, in measuring this particular question. Well, here's something. Here's a probability matter that we haven't really heard much about. And that is, out of the eons, the hundreds of millions of years that life has been on Earth. Or 6,000. <laughs> Fair, fair. <laughs> but within the hundreds of millions of years that are, like that life has been on Earth, that like and, and, and there might be some people in Radio Land who say it, no, it's only six thousand. But I want our, our friends in Radio Land to think in terms of if you're talking to a scientist who's looking at the evidence and says the right. Earth is he's billions gonna say of millions. years. Yeah, he's he's, yeah. he's going to say the Earth's billions of years old and life is at least hundreds of millions of years old. Right. right? And so if they are going to have that conversation, I think a question to bring up, bring up is, listen, we've had all these different species of animals, and only one is able to contemplate God, contemplate morality, develop advanced technology, and that's us. Like, yeah. we're a fluke 
like life is already a mystery in itself. Rather than a fluke, I'll say we're unique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From <laughs> from a science perspective, we're not a fluke. Obviously, from from a theological perspective, right. we're unique. We're created in God's image. God created us. But from a scientific perspective, scientific perspective. They don't have, they're already struggling just showing that life exists, but now all of a sudden, the jump from all of a sudden you have human beings, you know, right. and, 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 we, and we mentioned evolution earlier. A lot of people say, ah, well, the answer is evolution. Don't you get it? Well, here's the thing about evolution, right? So evolution uses randomness as part of its mathematical model, and that makes perfect sense from a mathematical perspective. But randomness is a it's a it's a it's it's a gap filler basically, right? I mean, you can't create a program, a, a computer program that uh, is truly generating random output, right? Like you can create a program that is you know tracking, uh, let's say like the activity of electrons, for example, and using that as a basis for for randomness. But you can't come up with an algorithm on your own. That is, if you're coming up with an algorithm on your own, it's got what's called a deterministic output, right? Right. And so as a result, we're using this gap filler, if we call it randomness, right? But that it, you could also look at that as a gap filler of standing in the place of, we don't know, right? We don't know. And yeah, but see, that's the thing. And I, I, was, I was getting ready to say, like, Sam, why does all this matter? You're, to, you're going on and on about randomness. And, I, and, I, <laughs> and I'm just speaking for my listeners at this point. And I want to, we need to stick to the, like, why does an ordinary person care about you can't do that, right? Right. And well, I, the, well, so what I'm getting at is for biology, it makes perfect sense to use randomness as the mathematical model for this paradigm. But the problem is making randomness your god and saying, therefore, the source of life and the source of all the stuff is randomness. And we're just going to throw our hands up in the air and say that randomness is necessarily the answer. That is when things become a problem. And that is when you are crossing outside the bounds of what science can speak to. Right. Because at the end of the day, science and evidence in, uh, that's, that's, that's detected, like the empirical evidence, uh, the, the problem is when you, be, when you make science the god, right? Right. And, and, and I, I totally get that. That part I totally understand. Because what I would ask, like, the person that says, well, you know, science is the god, follow science and randomness, and we're all, you know, just these whirling uh, atoms and things spinning and whatever, and somehow it ended up like this in some random cosmic just fluke. Um, you go like, well, well, who created the randomness? Right. Did did the randomness get get created? And that's why, you know, at the end of the day, when I'm talking to someone about evolution, for instance, yeah. uh, or when I'm talking about, real, at the end of the day, all I care about is that they understand that this world was designed. Yeah. Right. And and that's why I'll say, um, you can use like what uh, what what did what's his name in uh, in 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 the uh, uh, Jurassic Park talk about chaos theory. Right. You know, uh, and and you, you can live that way. I don't choose to do that. Um, but honestly, at at the end of the day, there there are too many things in this world that are predictable. If if I can tell you what time exactly yeah. when the sun's going to rise tomorrow morning, that's not randomness, right? And and that's just one tiny, 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 tiny little example that that we live in an ordered world that certain things work a certain way that that bees are going to pollinate uh, these flowers and move this to there and they can see this and they can see how the land masses used to fit together and all these things where you realize there there is a design to all this well and the problem is also is it, there's a leap of faith that people are when they're when they're reliant when they're not checking science and they're just letting it have this unchecked role of being a truth machine yeah. right then what ends up happening is you are you you are not 
not respecting the boundaries of science and you're dragging science outside of uh, the parameters it needs to be effective, right? Right. And so, like, one of the problems is, like, same thing we mentioned, multiverse theory. So that's this notion that in the same way, like, the current paradigm for the quantum world, right, is that everything is simultaneously, like, like an electron is simultane- simultaneously in every single position in the electron field, right? Yeah. Uh, it's called, you know, quantum superposition. And, and, and that similarly, this notion of what's happening in the quantum world, maybe at the, on the macro scale, Everything's like that too, and there and every single possibility is being is is being represented in in countless different universes simultaneously. Well, obviously, theological problem with that is, well, then what's the purpose of the soul, morality, accountability? If if just like we're just one of an infinite number, of and one of our one of the hallmarks <laughs> of our faith is that God created us as individuals yes. as unique and loved us into existence, and that we matter. Each individual matters, but in a random thing, you don't. Right. But also, from a scientific perspective, what are they doing when they're... First of all, there's no physical evidence that this, that what's happening, what's said to happen at the quantum scale is happening at the macro scale. So there's a leap of faith there, okay? And, what they're, and there's also a leap of faith of going underneath sort of the metaphysics and going underneath what... Sci, and talking about what... what, what, what basically what can't be measured and making a, a determination about that. Okay, so before my head explodes, <laughs> but I, I want to get back to a simple question. That yeah. is, what is science then? Right, right. So science is a highly effective paradigm that has been... At, at, what is science without using the word paradigm? Para- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> science is a highly effective means of getting useful knowledge about the physical world uh, and including useful knowledge for the development of technology. Yeah. So that's you're right. That's it. That and that should not be your god. I mean, right. at the end of the day, you could have just fast forwarded to like twenty two minutes into the program and found out that science should not be god. And and it's interesting. I want to kind of turn this a little theological at, at this point. I mean, uh, um, Saint uh, Pope Saint John Paul II uh, famously said um, that truth cannot contradict the truth, and he was a big. Um, he was a big purveyor of science, and he encouraged science, and he actually tried to sort of um, make sure people knew that there was there was something uh, beautiful about seeking truth in science, that, right. that we were not divorced from science, that essentially science was like the evidence, uh, it's, it's God's, God's fingerprints right. on things. And so that's what's important for us to understand is that it's like we, the church encourages scientific exploration. The church encourages looking for alien life. Sure. Right. It, 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 going to the farthest reaches of the universe and beyond that. Yeah. Right. And, and, and to, to, to know more. Well, the thing about it, and the, uh, we, I think we also have to ask ourselves, like, what's the appeal, like, of things like this, this thought of intelligent life, more advanced life, and other planets, hap- you know, existing? And I would challenge us to ask ourselves: Is there a replacement of faith that we're reaching for? Yeah, right. Because with aliens, you know, first of all, it's like. Okay, they can't give the maybe the full origin story, but they've been around longer, probably since they're more advanced. So it moves the the needle back a bit. And also, if they're more advanced, they have more knowledge, and so they know more about us than we do. Yeah, right. And so at that point, it's like maybe it doesn't give the full origin story, but it gives like a better origin story than we currently have. And and it just seems common sense, but they're forgetting the fact that wait, there's this thing called a human being that is a complete completely unique. Yeah, within the, the the vast array of life, 
that has been on this planet Hollywood for hundreds of millions of years. Always had a, an animosity towards uh, religion, and and it didn't always used to be that way. I guess right. I shouldn't say they have always, but there's a Nicolas Cage movie. I think it's called Knowing, and he discovers some number that you see all these dates that things happen, and ultimately it comes back to at the it's it's the end of time. Yes, and at the end of time he discovers like and, and two little kids are taken away and put on a new planet, and there's a new sort of Garden of Eden. Right, right. Yeah, and there's yeah, just yeah. this idea that like that even our religion that we have now, that our God that we have now, this vision of God came from aliens right yeah, yeah. We, we are fascinated with that concept and yet that's what's happening is we're we're replacing god with with false gods right and 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 i think that it's you know and, and also letting our imagination get a little bit swept up oh it's but it's i like i watch star wars and i watch star trek and it's and not a I bad like the thing Marvel i do Comic too Universe. i love all that stuff so i would imagine though that one of the reasons why we love uh like superheroes yeah is because they we're, we're wired to something to, to God, right? We're wired. Right. We're made in His image and likeness. So we are desirous of having these good superheroes. That's why I hate when they're trying to take our superheroes and make them into things they're not. Sure, right? And and that's why we don't like the bad ones. We love the good ones. The stories are great. The uh, superheroes and they're fun. But the church has the best superheroes. The same. yes, amen. You know, and at the end of the day. Um, yes, science has a lot to teach the world and has taught the world, and we owe so much to science, and I'm not trying to denigrate that, okay? But also, for those of us who have had an, an encounter with the living God, who has spoken love into our life and into our hearts and has made his presence known to us and has made his presence known to us through the church and through the sacraments and through the most holy Eucharist. If you've had that encounter, then let that be the source and summit of your processing of the world. And that includes what the scientific community tells us. And yes, listen, but be discerning as you listen and understand that these scientists are just doing the best they can to give the best possible answers that they can. But if they're not bounded, if they're not following their own boundaries, or if sci-fi writers aren't following the boundaries of science, then we need to have a presence of mind to protect our minds and hearts against that and keep things if we're in right balance if they're not going to. And we can always rely on the church. Yes. Because the church was founded by Jesus Christ, and we can always rely on God. He's never going to lead us astray. Right. Right? It's when we entertain other ideas, right? When we have false gods, when we have uh, other influences in our life that, that essentially de- uh, distract us and take us away. And, and honestly, I, I, I think that's, there's, it's demonic. I mean, I think Satan would love for us not to know these things. It's okay to be a science nut, to love science. Yes, follow the science, and that science should lead you to the church. Mm. Amen? Amen. And the Blessed Mother will also lead us to her son. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother Mother of God, God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.